Welcome to Camper Chicks, brought to you by Aspen Grove RV Park. Good morning, Anissa. Good morning, Crystal. How are you today? I'm so... I'm good. Are you good? I'm good. Oh. As good as I can be. <laughs> That's true. We've had kind of an emotional week this week, so we're going to start off a little bit on a somber side today, yeah. unintentionally. We do our best to be happy and excited, and sometimes there's things that just make us sad, like anybody. Yeah. So today we're going to start off with a little tribute to a special little dog named Toby. And I'm going to do my best not to get emotional, but I can't make any promises. <laughs> so Toby and Waldo are two special little little guys that we enjoy giving lots of love to yes. on a daily basis. Their owners, Tim and Peg, have been guests with us for off and on. They come back and forth for the last two seasons so we've made really great connections with Toby and and Waldo and with Tim and Peg and and Tim and Peg loved it because with us giving Toby and Waldo so much love Toby got a lot of of interaction with people and he loved the dog park and so it helped him socialize and kind of just give him uh you know some some time to to be a happier pup and Unfortunately, yesterday, pancreatic cancer got the best of Toby, and Tim and Peg lost their little buddy, and Waldo lost his friend. So today, we're going to start off with a little montage of Toby and give a quick moment of silence while we enjoy some photos of Toby that Tim and Peg sent to us. So, My Sir Toby. last podcast we talked about pros and cons of rv living we did what are we going to talk about now well today we're going to get a little controversial Mm, mm, and mm, we are mm, going to mm. talk about the pros and cons of rv park operations so the completely opposite perspective not from the guests this time but from the rv park operators themselves yes but before we get started oh no (laughs) i don't have anything for you to try today (laughs) i prefer that i I really, really dwelled on it all week, and I tried to think of something, but I'm going to have something special for you next time. Oh, okay. Not to worry. But today, what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and start off with our <gasps> pillow map. Mm. We're going to color our pillow. Color the pillow. Color the pillow. So if you missed our last episode, we definitely recommend going back and watching it, especially if you're um, an RV traveler or living full-time RV or, uh, you know, if you're prospecting to live full-time out of an RV, go back and watch our last episode, uh, Pros and Cons of RV Living. We had a lot of great feedback from some Facebook posts that we had on totally different perspectives and some pros were cons for others and some cons were pros for others. So definitely check that out. And on that last episode, we started off with our pillow. So our first state we colored in was the state of Utah. So if you are interested in letting us know what state you would like to see if we both traveled to or one or the other of us have traveled to, shoot us an email at camperchickspodcast at gmail.com. Make sure I get that right. Or shoot us a feed, you know, let us know in the comments below. And 
Yeah, so we're going to color in all these states, see where we have been and who's been where and who hasn't been somewhere. So where do you think, what what should we do today? Hmm. I feel like it's safe to say we've both been to Nevada. Nevada? Is that too close or do we want to spread our wings? No, I feel like you said... We've also both been to Virginia, right? Well, how are you going to give them all away before we start coloring them in? Oh, we have not been to Virginia. Well, let's start with Nevada. No, I like how you say Nevada, and I say Nevada, Nevada, <laughs> Nevada, Nevada, Nevada. Hmm. Which so. is correct, probably Nevada. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I hear so many people say it different ways, like Zion, like Tremonton, <laughs> Tremonton. If you're ever wondering how you pronounce our. Small city in Utah. It's Tremont in Utah with only one E. The other E is silent. It is silent. All right. That looks pretty half to me. The state of Nevada, the home of gambling. I get the tip. Ooh. (laughs) Jonathan and I spent a lot of time in Nevada. We actually got married there. If you haven't watched our very first episode of Anissa and I introducing who we are, by the way, I am Krista and this is Anissa. If you haven't been with us before, we are team members at Aspen Grove RV Park in Tremont, Utah. My husband and I built the park and Anissa is our hospitality specialist supervisor. So that's who we are. If you haven't watched that, I highly recommend going back. We definitely dive really deep into our history, where we came from and what brought us to where we are now. So yay. We now have two states colored. All right. So let's dive right in to the pros and cons of RV park operations. And this can kind of cover not just RV parks. There's so many variables that can decipher what's an RV park, what's a campground, an RV resort. Um, You know, there's, there's kind of these tiny little fine lines that one park may have one thing and that sets them as a campground if they, you know, permit camping, yeah. uh, tent camping, things like that, primitive camping. Aspen Grove RV Park itself, we are an RV park and we cater to big rigs. Yes. So all of our sites are oversized sites with extra space. They're concrete level sites and the sites themselves are 25 feet wide by at least 70 feet long on the concrete pad itself with its own little picnic table off. And then the overall site is 40 foot from pedestal to pedestal between sites. So you are not on top of your neighbors whatsoever. You definitely get a lot more space than some older parks that were built, yeah. and we've talked about this before also whenever they were built for camper, yeah. campers that were, you know, a that little... That were considered big then. Yeah, yeah, you had Volkswagen hatchbacks towing yeah. a little pop-up camper. <laughs> that was the thing, and it was awesome. So definitely a different a- day and age now, for sure. Campers are huge. Are. I think our average RV size that we see here is, what, 35 Four, feet, yeah, 40 30, feet? For, yeah, at least. 40. Yeah. Have you ever had anyone take a measuring tape out and measure... We have the site, like, but like themselves, not, not guests, but we no. did. <laughs> <laughs> I could just see someone being like, I'm measuring this right now. I would. Well, I mean, <laughs> more power to you if you want to go out there and do that. But you we did somewhere. go. We we did after even with all the, the building and everything and all of that. We went out and took tape measures ourselves to make sure. <laughs> so <laughs> we double checked the work. <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> Too bad. 
Oh, what a good, that's, this is a perfect start for a, for what we're talking about today. RV park operations, the pros and cons, because there are yes. a ton of great pros and there are some, there are definitely cons. And yeah. I think we, we do our best to always have a positive outlook, outlook and be happy and positive, but there are some times where it's kind of hair pulling. Sometimes it gets to you. It does. It can. And that's with any profession, of yeah. course. Everything. Do you want to start or do you want me yeah. to start? What you thinking? I started last time, didn't I? Maybe. You want to start? Sure. Do it. Okay. All right. We're going to jump in with Brian. Brian. Brian said his pro is that it's rewarding watching people enjoy themselves. And his con was dealing with entitled people that will never be happy with what they have. And here's what I'm thinking, okay? I think a lot of these, when I'm going, when I went through and I read, because what we did is we were on um, RV park managers and operation pages on Facebook. And so we did the same concept. We put posts out on Facebook to get this feedback from RV park operators, owners, managers, the same exact way that we did it with RV living as well. And I think it's really, really interesting, just kind of as a preemptive, a lot of these pros and cons kind of tied in with RVers and their pros and cons. So I found that interesting. I think this pro for Brian, that it's rewarding watching people enjoy themselves, kind of goes hand in hand with RVers being upset about barking dogs and screaming children. So from an RVer's perspective... That can be a pro and a con. And then also from RV Park Operations, because yes, I think absolutely, Brian, it's great to walk around the park. You're interacting with your guests. They're outdoors. They're cooking up food. They're sitting outside, reading a book, enjoying our surrounding views. And when you build something or you're owning a business that caters to hospitality and you your whole premise is that people enjoy their stay with you that pro is absolutely rewarding when you know yeah. that guests are enjoying their time that they are spending at your business yeah. cuz you put that thought into it exactly you're like oh i see those people playing pickleball like Pickleball is not like a common, I don't feel like it's a common thing, but when it comes to RVing, people are like, oh, you have a pickleball court and they get so excited. Pickleball is definitely a common thing for RVers. Yeah, they have their own equipment Yes, for the most part. They they, love it. They're out there for like an hour, two hours, and I'm just like, oh, they're going still. Yeah, I hear that ball. Yeah. I'm like, holy cow, how are they still doing it? Like after 10 minutes, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm done. Man, my mind can't take that much concentration I know and keeping score and everything else I I don't keep score no well I can't I do in my head I'm too competitive not to keep score (laughs) (laughs) I think that's why I don't play pickleball is I'm too competitive and it's definitely I feel like it's more of a relaxed like yeah it gets violent when I play (laughs) like I'm gonna hit you with this ball (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna get ya (laughs) So I I definitely agree with Brian. I think it's definitely, it is rewarding watching people enjoy themselves, knowing that they are having a great time at your business and Mm -hmm. all of the hard work that you put into providing this customer experience for your guests Mm -hmm. is reciprocated and it's received by them and they do enjoy being at your park. And I, his con is, I, and again, we're going, we're, we're doing some touchy subjects today yes. because this is definitely, you know, the latter side of the RV industry with the RV park owners and operators. Um, 
is dealing with entitled people that will never be happy with what they have. And there's a, and I think that goes, that's just an everyday thing too. But I think with RV parks, campgrounds and resorts, especially when you have a park that is more of a transient park, you come in contact with a lot more people. So it is constantly changing and you're constantly coming in contact with human beings that are so different from you. And they're different from the next person. We are all extremely different in our own ways, but it can make it very difficult and disheartening when you're trying to run a business and you have someone that treats you or your team like they're not worth anything. Yeah, exactly. Or like they, they just can't find anything positive Mm -hmm. to like say or think about. And you're like, being happy <laughs> you're, you're supposed to be camping yeah this is supposed to be a fun time like you're greeted with fun people and happy people mm-hmm. it's like why 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 <laughs> why and it is it's just like my gosh you know and we try and it's so hard because you want you just you and it's not like it's yeah. not that we don't want to because we've even talked about this before and one of our I think our very first podcast when we were introducing ourselves was we get those not very nice people and we just smile harder and be nicer to try to turn their frown upside down. The flip side to that, and this is something that we've coached a lot too here at Aspen Grove RV Park, is when you get someone that is extremely negative, you really don't know what's going on in their personal life. And sometimes a customer or a guest will take out what's going on internally because you happen to be right there and you happen to be the person that they can take it out on. Because they don't know you. They don't know you. It's There's no connection there. Yeah. That's so true. And so they feel like, well, you, here you are right now. So I am going to voice every single concern that I have, even if it doesn't even have to do with you or your business. They may just be dragging in something from another business and another incident or experience that they had, Mm -hmm. and they're just going to lay it out all on you. And I definitely think that it is at the hands of whoever it is that they're talking to. And that's one thing I'm big on. If someone starts word vomiting on any of my team members, I will, I'll step in and take it off of them because it's not fair to a 16, 17, 18 year old kid who's here to do their job and they're excited and they love their job. It's not fair to them to have to get that kind of like verbal attack from a person that they, they're just doing their job. So I'll try to step in and take that on and separate that person from anybody else or the team and take it outside and just try to what can I do to resolve this for you? Mm -hmm. Especially if you know, and I think that's one of the biggest things. And that's something that I work on every day is not taking things personal because I get very emotional and I get, because I'm passionate about, especially about the RV park. Cause when we built this RV park from dirt and we built it and saw this business come into fruition, our hearts, everything, Sneeze face. Um. <laughs> I almost choked on my spit. Oh, and I was no. like, I'm going to die on Don't the podcast. <laughs> I'll resuscitate I'm sorry, you. I didn't mean to interrupt you. That's okay. You were going on a roll. No, it's okay. <laughs> I know. But I think that's, you know, I when you put so much heart into something, mm-hmm. you love it. You're passionate about it. If you don't have that passion and that love for it, it's obviously not the business for you. But 
I do my best to not take things personally and I fail sometimes because we're all human and I and I'm I get sensitive to someone yelling at me too and it happens but I think it's definitely I would say we don't have this issue on a daily basis Mm -hmm. but I can definitely recall specific incidents of dealing with people that felt like they deserved kissing of their feet because they were staying here. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, some RV parks, campgrounds, and resorts are not for every RVer. Mm -hmm. And some RVers are not for every RV park, campground, and Mm -hmm. resort either. Amen, sister. It goes both ways. So maybe just be a little more compassionate to the people that you're interacting with. We tell our team to leave your problems at the door, and that's in any business too. You walk in, you walk into work, and you got to put the face on mm-hmm. and do the best you can. And sometimes we have, we all have bad days. Yeah. And and then if you put somebody that's working at the business, and then a guest that comes in, and they're both having bad days, well, that can be super detrimental. But at the end of the day, yes, they're a paying guest, but no, I do not agree that every guest is always right, and I don't think that entitled people should take out their personal feelings on team members that are just here to do their job. Yeah, exactly. You don't know. Like like you said, you like when you come into work just because you have like people don't know what's happening mm-hmm. like in your life. Right. You shouldn't expect people to know what's going on in your life. Right. So why take it out on someone you don't know and just barely met five seconds ago? But here's the kicker to that. <laughs> A guest that walks in and even if they're just an angry person and they don't even have anything going on and they're just a miserable person, how do you know what kind of life that this person that you're taking out your anger on has outside of here? Double-edged sword. Mm. Just be considerate. Both sides, for sure. It's not that hard to be nice. Just put a smile on. If you hate it, just fake it. (laughs) Fake it till you make it. Or else I'm going to be so nice it annoys you. Yeah. (laughs) You're going to be like... Hopefully we just try that. to turn friends upside down. Kind of going back to what you were saying, how you get a, like every person when someone's yelling at you, you don't feel good. I don't do well in those situations because then I'm like, mm-hmm. and I'm like, my customer service is slowly slipping out the window. But then I have to remember, be nice. But at the same time, I don't want to be nice. I know. <laughs> because I want to put these people in their place. Ugh. So in my head, while they're yelling at me, I'm ignoring them and like thinking about all the things I could say. So here's one thing that I love to do <laughs> when someone is yelling at me is it's it's the four fours. So you inhale for four seconds. You hold it for four seconds exhale for four seconds and you repeat over and over again until they stop yelling at you. (laughs) So that way it just kind of helps center yourself Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you're focusing. And honestly, when people start yelling at me, it goes in one ear and out the other. And all I hear (laughs) is your really loud voice coming at me. And I'm not going to find a resolution for you. I'm a human being too. (laughs) And if I'm being nice to you and I'm doing everything in my power and trying to find a resolution for you and you continue to be a jerk and treat people like that, you're probably not going to get what it is that you're looking for regardless. Because I'm sorry, but I am not the one that will cater to you when you treat people like poop. Yeah. It's not going to happen. What do they say? They say if you go in 
like with like you start like when you call into customer service or something if you start out positive like they're more right. inclined to help you immediately yes instead of you calling and just immediately getting mad at them because it's not their fault no it's not most of the time most of the time yeah because I mean at that point then it's up to them to reciprocate that right well what frustrates me is when they're like when you call into customer service and they're like well I can't do anything well, yeah. can't's not a word to me. Yeah. You can do something. What can we figure out to do to resolve it mm-hmm. and just to make somebody happy? What do you think? If somebody comes in and they're, hey, you know, I, I realize that this and that or whatever, I can't really think of an example off the top of my head, but then, and you're just like, sorry, no, I can't. Someone extending, wanting to extend their stay and someone's locked into their site that day. Excellent. Excellent. Yes. Trying to explain to them, instead of saying, no, I can't extend your stay, say, well, it looks like we do have someone that did pay an additional fee to lock themselves into that site. I am more than happy to extend your stay for you, but it will need to. we will need to get you to move to a different site, exactly. and I can try to make it to where it would be as simple of a move as possible mm-hmm. for you. Unfortunately, when somebody does pay extra mm-hmm. to get guaranteed a specific site, we we guarantee that site for them. Exactly. And unfortunately, but sometimes there are complications where if someone's broken down yeah. and then someone else is locked into the, that site, you can definitely put a damper on things. And then what do you do? You refund that site lock fee. You tell them, I'm so, so sorry. I What I've also done before is I've refunded site lock fees and I've given them a credit for a site lock fee in the future. Yeah. And it, what does it really take out of our pocket or what does it take, like, is it that big of a deal to just be nice and to do something, you know, just, just, or even here going back to what you said, they need to extend, but someone's locked in say, I'm, I'm so sorry, but for the inconvenience of having to move, how about you? I see that you have good Sam or military or whatever discount. How about, I'm going to also knock off another $10 for mm-hmm. you or something. Yes. So that's almost $20 that they're knocking off of their extension. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, then at that point, the ball's in their court and they can take it how they want and they can take it or leave it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, so I definitely, yeah, I think, but don't be mean about it Yeah, on both sides. Yeah. Do your best and like you can't control, they can't, they definitely can't control what the business does or if someone else locks in. No, and trust me, we do not care for people <laughs> locking themselves into sites. It makes our life harder it for does, sure. So if you ever come into that situation as an RVer, don't get mad at the RV park no. because they, they're, and as an RV park operator, or if you're running any kind of park, charge for additional fees like that because it makes your life harder mm-hmm. and as a for convenience for your guests it, it can be nominal it doesn't have to be you know fifty dollars if you want to make it that it's all it's all about your business and what works best for you but yeah just being a little more compassionate to people in the industry um for sure yeah i agree yes yes what do you got what do i got I got one from Karina. Oh, so what's Karina? Saying? Karina. Karina. Hi, mm-hmm. Um, Her pro is a little confusing because there's lots of it. Oh. She said, but I think the gist of it is high earning potential because mm-hmm. um, she points out a few things. So she's saying that it could have high earning potential as her mm-hmm. pro and then her con is sacrificing your time. 
during the couple of years your business may you may miss a few family events or other things until you get your park running properly and finding great honest staff so that's another Mm -hmm. thing that i found interesting Mm -hmm. about her con is honest staff finding honest staff yeah but yeah so which one would you like to well so i think the pro i mean obviously i I think that's kind of all over the place. <laughs> it just depends. <laughs> I think that's with any business. Yeah. I think with any business, whether it's an RV park, campground, resort, or a restaurant, boutique. or bo- uh, yes, a retail boutique, mm-hmm. um, even a you know small business is plumbing or infrastructure, building, construction. You at the end of the day, you make your own prices. Yes, an RV park can be. Uh, you know, high earning mm-hmm. and prof- profitable. Also, it also depends on the size of your park, the location. Are you a more transient park? Are you more of a destination park? How many sites do you have? Do you have the ability to put it? Do you have a water park? Do you have a pool at all? Yeah. What kind of amenities do you offer? And are those amenities included within the rate that you charge your guest? Um, you know, if you've got this entire water park resort, or do you charge your site fee? And then do you also charge access to the water park area mm-hmm. of it? And I think that, again, this kind of goes back to you have to do what's best for your business and what makes most sense for you. Of course, if you're cutting money out of your pocket by giving away things that you pay for Mm -hmm. out of your pocket if there's a cost for something and you're not receiving a resale like a resale off of it then yes absolutely then you're cutting yourself short and if you're but I think also being you know high profitable don't be a penny pincher don't be not I don't well maybe you gotta spend the the money to make the money you do you do and and also don't nitpick people don't nickel and dime your guests by charging for every single little thing yeah site lock fees I'll go back to that site lock fees charge site lock fees because it is harder on you and it does make a difference on your grid and trying to you know move people around and maximizing your reservations so that way you are able to host as many guests as you possibly can within your window But then we also, we give complimentary coffee in the morning. There's a lot of parks that charge for coffee. Um, We give out our complimentary chocolate chip cookies for guests when they're checking in. Mm -hmm. Um, We also, we give out our dog treat bags for any guests that have fur babies traveling with them. And it comes with a little poo bag to help promote them cleaning up after their animal. And it comes with a little dog bone and from tail bankers, which they have the best little dog treats ever. And then we also, and then it has a little sticker on it that says, thank you for keeping our park beautiful and cleaning by cleaning up after your animals. And I think there's a lot of great little things that you can just kind of as giveaway. And then of course, and a lot of these things are marketing tools as well. So look at it, look at those type of things as an investment in marketing, because then what happens is your guests turn around, they take a picture of that welcome treat bag for your dog. And they're so excited because their dog is their baby and they post it on Instagram or Facebook or wherever they're on social media and they tag your business and they say, look at this awesome little welcome treat bag Toby got when we checked in, you know, it's like, it's, it makes them feel 
good. But otherwise, amenities, things like that, those types of things should be included in your rate. Yeah. Um, we have a dog wash station. We have our community garden. We're about to add in a compost station for the park and, um, you know, a showers, bathrooms, laundry facility. Of course, like laundry. Yes. Yeah. That is that is a an additional fee. Um, and but showers, a lot of parks charge for showers. They charge like what? Something for a 10 minute shower? I think, well, some of the parks that I've been to, it's like $2 for 10 or eight minutes. And then I've had other ones that it was like $5 for 12 minutes. So it definitely Dang. varies. Yeah. But it's also nice because then I, I never realized how fast I could actually take a shower. Yeah. It does <laughs> promote speediness. Does it and pr- a, promote, a, what's the word, efficiency? Yeah. Or- I mean, it promotes, it promotes guests being conscious of, or water I guess usage, they're not yeah. conscious about it, but the park's conscious about the water usage. And so when you're charging that and you put a timer on it, however, I've been to a lot of parks where there are no timers. So you put your money in and it starts and you don't know what time you're at. Oh, so it's like it, a surprise. It is a surprise. So you're sitting there and you're scrubbing oh and you're ready to go. And then at the end of it, I'm like, oh, the water's still on. So I just sit there and let it run until it shuts off. Yeah. I mean, it is so. So no, you can't take it. It's an everything shower. Yeah. This is a Navy shower. Yeah. Scrub the necessities. <laughs> but I think also going off of that, I think RV parks, campgrounds, and resorts, I think the rates are getting higher. They are. And I think that's a lot of it too, is whenever you have your base rate as this pretty standard rate that's across the board for parks from the east to the west coast Mm -hmm. and everywhere in between and the rates the base rates are becoming higher I don't know it personally and of course of course this is going to be controversial but personally for me as not just an RV park operator but as an RVer I don't want to pay a bunch of additional fees on top of my nightly rate that I'm already paying, especially if it's 70 or $80, I expect other things to be included in that rate. I don't expect laundry to be included in that. And that's probably, that's probably the only thing that I wouldn't expect unless a park or in a resort has some kind of food center where they have, you know, they're selling ice cream goods, things like that. Obviously a retail store store is completely separate. I'm, I'm more talking about like the amenities Mm -hmm. and, and things like that, that she was kind of bringing up, but Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of nickel and diming. I'm not a big fan of, I don't know, because I'm an RVer. So I, I just, I feel from the RVers perspective on that, but I also feel from the operator's perspective on it as well is yeah. you don't want to cut yourself short, but you also don't want to nickel and dime yeah. the guest. Well, it's kind of like with photography and stuff like that. There's so many things I could add as an additional fee. So for example, instead of it's so it's what I'm trying to say is it's more attractive to be like, this is a package it includes all of this. Yes. But I build it into the price. Right. You know what I mean? Instead of being like, oh, well, this is my base rate. Oh, you want one extra hour? Well, then that's going to be this much money. Mm-hmm. Oh, you want an additional image? This is this much money. Mm-hmm. Same thing with an RV park. Imagine if we started charging, like, for example, dogs. How many dogs? Like a fee. You know what's going to happen? And we've talked about this before. People are going to start lying about how many pets they have. Exactly. And... 
then you're they already gonna, lie about how many pets they, they have yeah. when we, we don't charge for dogs. So you, it's more appealing to add it all in together, except mm-hmm. those small little things that you do right. actually need to charge for because people are like, oh, this price includes so many great free amenities. Mm-hmm. So it's attractive to them. Right. Instead of just, can you imagine being on the phone, be like, okay, what type of RV do you have? It's 35 feet. Anything bigger? Like, oh, it's 40 feet. Well, that's an additional $2. <laughs> oh, you have another car with you? That's an additional $5. Oh, you have what? Like more than two dogs? That's another $5. Oh, you want Wi Fi? That's a $10. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I would be like, uh, I'm going to call you back yeah. and then I'm not ever going to call them back. No. I'm going to find another park that isn't going to sit there and take 15 minutes to make a reservation and add on all the additional yeah. add-ons that I expect to already be in- included. Would you like your pedestal included? <laughs> $500. That's really high. Electricity, another $50. Per kilowatt. <laughs> would you like to go outside and brethe our fresh air? Another $50. Looking at our trees, ah, we're going to tack that onto your bill later. Are you going to step on our dandelions? $20. You could that be $500. I like this $500. I think we should have that into our <laughs> We'll make lots of money. So, yeah, I think that, I, yes, I, I could probably ramble on and on about, about profitability of a, mm-hmm. of a park. <laughs> I think it's also the way that you operate your business. Mm-hmm. I think it's also the way that you train your team and how to operate the business if you're not on site and having people that care. And I think that con of not finding what was her con on finding honest and reliable yes. people. That's staff. yeah. I mean, we our our staff is our team. We look at as everyone as team members um and I, it's hard for me to ever it's, sometimes it's hard to be a boss yes I can imagine <laughs> so I can barely <laughs> boss myself around <laughs> but it's because yes I have expectations out of people that I have out of myself mm-hmm. but my expectation when it comes to my business is if I train you and I instill the basics of what my expectations are on how I want you to provide the customer experience and provide the customer service. Mm-hmm. I'm not a type A person. I, I want to train you. I want to leave you alone. I want you to get the job done how you were trained because we, and we've kind of touched on this before the, when, when we were doing our introductions on how quickly I threw you under the bus and, <laughs> and you nailed it. But we invest a lot of time with our training Mm -hmm. and we show, uh, it doesn't matter to me if you're 15 years old and it's your very first job, or if you're 50 years old and you've worked your entire life, I will train that and that and everything in between exactly the same to instill the expectations that I have. Mm -hmm. So then there's no question. I think, yes, it is, and this goes with any business again, finding, I've worked in a lot of retail. My, my past life was retail, corporate retail. I ran multiple businesses. I ran high volume, small box stores. I ran boutique stores. I ran stores like Michael Kors. So high end luxury retail. There are dishonest people Everywhere. Everywhere. I've caught so many girls and, and kids in retail that literally they were so sly and sneaky. They would put stuff, they'd be 
they were supposed to be putting go backs back. So that's mm-hmm. like people that they're trying stuff on. They don't want it anymore. So then they got to go back where they get, where their home is. Mm-hmm. And these kids would take these go backs. They'd put them in baskets and then they'd slide them under tables and they'd make sure that the tags were off. So then they'd have their friends come in, grab the basket. The workers? Slip, yeah. The workers? The employers, the employees were sitting there filling these baskets of clothes, making sure that the metal detector tags were off after kids, after people had tried them on in the dressing room, putting them in baskets, sliding them under door, uh, sliding them under tables. And then they'd have their friends come in, grab the basket and walk right out of the store. <sighs> Seems like a lot of work. It's a lot of work, but then, I mean, they would have hundreds and hundreds of dollars of apparel and shoes and accessories and everything in these, in the, in these bags and these shopping bags. And they'd walk right out of the store. It was, it was felonies. It was felony theft after, and we, it's not fun to have to approach someone when it comes to theft or and really honestly in general when it comes to having to issue verbal warnings Mm -hmm. or write-ups any kind of documentation but to sit someone down and say hey we caught you red-handed stealing what was going through your mind (sighs) trying to find honest people is it's can be here's the thing I don't think it's difficult to find honest people I think there are a lot of honest people out there I think it is difficult to find reliable people that can definitely be a difficult task to fill because it doesn't matter what kind of expectations you set in your interview process or in your Mm -hmm. hiring process there's always somebody that will feed you everything that they think that you want to hear so that they get the job yeah and then they turn out to not be the best employee or even even like an employee an employee at all (laughs) or a team member a team member yes so I it's you have to do your due diligence sometimes you just get extremely lucky that people work out I've got you you've been here for two years Austin's been here Wait, how two and a half years. Yeah, Austin's been here almost three years. Lily's about Nate. to hit her one year. Mm-hmm. Nate's been with us for three years. Jimbo, he, I, Jimbo, well, he hasn't technically worked with Aspen mm-hmm. Grove, but he's lived here for five years. Yeah. And he's always, I have always considered him a team member because he always will just come and help even before he was on the payroll. He would always come and help without (laughs) even question. He would just walk around just to see if you needed help. And so when you find people like that, you have to take care of them and you have to show that you appreciate the value that they do bring to the table. Otherwise you lose those type of Mm -hmm. people. You're a a no one. And that's one of the biggest reasons why I got sick and tired of corporate and corporate retail. I would work 60, 70 hours a week, nonstop. And I worked for regionals and worked with, you know, the corporate and the merchandising side and not a single time did I ever feel valued or important with all of the time and all of the things that I was missing out on because I was dedicated to my career and it is a horrible feeling yeah and it doesn't matter if someone's 15 years old or 50 again I'm going to repeat myself if they show value to your business if they show value to you and they show up and they do their job, and they exceed their job because they care about you because you care about them, 
You have to take care of those people. And that's why we try to do things not just money-wise, but like we try to implement like employee appreciation or do little contests and whoever the winner is, they get an added bonus, things like that. You, yeah, I'll, I'll go off on it. I'm telling you, I'm <laughs> going to go off on a lot of tangents, but you have to treat people right in order for them to stick around. You can't expect someone to stick around if you're not if you treat them poorly, if you don't take time to just listen to them as a human being, if all you do is as soon as they get into into work, instead of saying, hey, how, how's your day going? Mm-hmm. How are you feeling today? Everything outside of work good? Cool. Okay. Let's talk about something. Hey, I noticed this. The approach, the way you approach things, the way that you handle situations. Of course, there's always times where something that's could be detrimental to the business, like leaving the front door unlocked. Mm-hmm. But it's all about how you handle that. Mm-hmm. There's times when I've left a till unlocked because I've been so busy and I thought that I, and I, what did I do after that? I'm like triple checking. Did I lock all of them? Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, if you don't say something to your team about areas of opportunity to improve, they're never going to improve, Yeah, but it's how you say it that dictates the improvement that you see out of the team. Yes. Yeah. That's how I feel about that. I remember when I closed for the first time, I came back three times to make sure everything was locked. I was, I was like, oh no. It can be a little intimidating. I mean, especially when it, you've got all this retail stuff and you've got, it's not just like your office. You've got merchandise in there yes. too. And, and a cat. Also, yeah. I was going to say, you also Stomach. have an animal. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta make sure he's freaking fed. Fatso. Sir Aspen. He needs to lose a couple poop ounces. He's a chunky butt. He is a chunky All right. So I have Tom, and Tom was a, is a little winded. So <clears throat> his pro <laughs> was it's very rewarding watching families enjoy themselves and seeing people return year after year. Working hard and trying to better the community makes people feel good and makes them want to pitch in. And his con was, I run a campground with 36 sites, mostly RVs and three tent sites. I do most tasks myself at the park. Just when you want to sit down and take five minutes to smell the roses, people will inevitably show up asking for something. Setting boundaries can be tough when you live on site. We feel you, Tom. Yeah, Tom. <laughs> Anissa definitely feels you. So let's talk about that. So I think with this pro, I think we've kind of touched a lot on that. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I, I could go on for days about the relationships that we get to build with people that come back and visit us, just like with Tim and Peg. Yeah. When you create those relationships with these people and they create, and they, they're, kindness and it makes you happy it makes you feel good yeah it makes you feel good to know like I I built such a great relationship with this family and they come back every time you know them by name you know their animals you know their birth dates you know it's just it's an extra part of the customer experience and not just the customer experience that you provide but also the experience that you get as an art operator by building these relationships and even with our long-term guests, you know, it's some of them are awesome. Mm -hmm. Some of them aren't always awesome. And you're, you're, you're thrilled to see them go. (laughs) 
some people you are not thrilled to see go and it's sad and people leave and they have to go on their way and we understand that but I definitely I think that is absolutely a huge pro is the relationships that you build with different families and different couples that come in they say hi it's just like Jan yeah uh you know we met Jan here at Aspen Grove RV Park and we talked about this on our last podcast as well about going to Glacier Jan lost her husband he had a widowmaker heart attack is at site number three and he was unplugging his RV to hit the road from power. So he was unplugging the power and got, went to turn around to put the power plug in and dropped from a massive heart attack. And that was probably, it'll make me emotional because to see a woman that was with her husband for 40, 50 years and to love someone that much and to see, to watch that and to see that happen and to have all these emergency vehicles there. And this was three years ago. So this was like two, two years into us, not even like it was our first full year of operations. It was, it's actually, so this was 2020. Yeah. So 2020 was three years ago and it was about, uh, I want to say October because we ended up going to Glacier in the fall, but, but, that it was absolutely just like gut-wrenching to be involved in that and sometimes that is it's a task that you have to take on as an RV park operator is there's dealing there's, with all these people something's gonna something can happen yeah. and it's it's not always fun and mm-hmm. sometimes it's something that detrimental and it's scary and it's kind of like eye-opening like oh my gosh like any of us could just we could just go just bend over at any time die. but I I was so grateful that it did happen here and that they hadn't got on the road yeah. and it happened on the road while they're pulling this 45 foot fifth wheel it's terrifying yeah but we built this relationship with Jan because Jonathan helped her get her truck and her fifth wheel back up to Columbia Falls And we ended up going up there to go to Glacier and she has become one of our best friends. Every time she, she goes back down to St. George during the winter time, she spends the winter there. Anytime she's in the area, she stops by, or if we're down in St. George, we meet up, we have dinner or lunch or go out and get drinks just to catch up. We, we are Facebook friends. We have each other's phone numbers. We have a relationship outside of the park too. It's not, you know, and that's kind of what it is as well. It's, it's not just the relationship that you build at the park. It's then the relationship that kind of flourishes outside of the business and these people become your friends and they become family yeah just because you're a business owner and working a business doesn't mean you can't be friends with these people right now do I want to crack open a beer and have a great time no because then people (laughs) oh sorry no no. (laughs) because they take advantage of you because then it's like if you want to be if you're too friendly people will be like oh well I'm buddy buddies now yep give an inch they'll take a mile it happens um but yeah i the relationships are magical and it, it's a big part of it. And I think where Tom said setting boundaries can be tough when you live on site because I, I thought of you <laughs> immediately with that. I wonder why. It's probably because everyone just comes over to me and they're like, help me. Here's the thing. Here's my perspective on it. And I'm going to make this short and sweet. 
Just because someone works at a park or a business that also lives there does not mean that you have the right to go and knock on their door to ask a question that you could ask the front office. I yes. think it's rude. I think not only is it difficult for RV park employees or team members or operators to create those boundaries. But even if you try to create those boundaries, people will overstep them yes. time and time again. Or take offense. Yeah. And they, yes. You can't take offense to someone that worked from nine to five and then they get home. They're trying to take care of their daily duties and get their dogs situated or whatever. And you expect them to answer your simple question that you could, you could go up to the office or call the office to get an answer for. Exactly. Even, especially, I think what gets to me the most is when you haven't even like talked to me as a person. Mm -hmm. Like all I am to you is an employee Mm -hmm. of this place. Right. And I'm like, Take me to dinner first, and then I'll answer your questions. <laughs> I just think it's it's rude. It's it's yeah. it's inconsiderate. For Do you sure. want me to go up to you after you just worked whatever job you worked and just constantly talk to you about just work? Like you don't want that. No, you wouldn't want that unless I, you really like what like that's your life. I guess you know what I mean. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but there's other people obviously in the office that can answer your question. Yes, just one little Excuse call. Me. You hit the number one. One call, that's all. One call. So as an RVer, take a little more consideration into the privacy that people deserve when they separate work from home. Mm -hmm. And once they're home, let them be. That's their home. Yes. Was that me that gurgled? Did you hear that? I think that was me. (laughs) Did you hear that? (laughs) (laughs) It was just so tiny. Excuse me. (laughs) So I just, yeah, I, mm, that's, it rubs me the wrong way. And not a single person has, actually, I cannot say that. I've had one person that came banging on my door at five o'clock in the morning to give me their site rate, their site payment. And I opened that door. I said, what are you doing? He's like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to pay you. I was like, there is a mail slot on the front door of the office. Yeah. I was like, go slide it through there. What, five o'clock in the morning. Are you out of your mind? everyone's awake during that time even if I was like this it's is my home, home. Yes. your sanctuary my sanctuary my home have a little consideration yes and that's all I'll say about that yeah so we talked about Tom who do you have next I have Emily and her pro is it's a great place to raise a family and gives my children an awesome childhood she didn't really elaborate more on that because I would have loved to know like like I guess um, how she feels exactly about what what gives her child like a is great it childhood. I'm assuming obviously it's a park right like she doesn't specify like it gives my children the like opportunity to talk to new people you know what I mean like what play par- with other kids yeah. maybe or you know what I mean N- not or much be involved yeah I would also want to know like how old is this child like are they yeah. involved in the operations do they get to participate in you know activities or what part of it is interacting great right of owning an RV park that makes it better for your children mm-hmm. um and then her con is all the stress <laughs> you have to wear so many hats mm-hmm. work so many hours and deal with all the challenges of owning a business mm. that's amen sister yeah and what was her name? Emily. 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 So, Emily, if you happen to watch this, we'd love to hear a follow-up. Yes. What exactly are the details that you feel are pertinent that really 
provides this awesome childhood for your child. Yeah. And I think it would be great to hear some feedback. Leave it in the comments. Shoot us an email. We'd love a follow-up um, from other RV park operators or owners as well. If you've got families that you're raising at a park, what do you feel are the benefits of them growing up in this business? Is it your ultimate goal or maybe theirs if they're older mm -hmm. to at some point take over? Exactly. And there's, there's a ton of family. There's a ton of parks where families literally grow up in the business yeah. and then at the point of them being old enough or responsible or whatever, they take over. It's like a family legacy. It is. It is like an heirloom, but that is profitable. Yeah. And the con. So r remind me her, some so touch stress. points of her con. So stress. Mm. I don't think anyone in this world could live without stress. No. If you do, tell me what it's like. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I have like just constant anxiety. You know, and I think I think stress is what you make it. I think that's some that's one thing that for me personally is really hard to separate and stop working. Mm -hmm. So I feel like there are times where I add stress to myself because I overfill my plate. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to say no. And so I continue adding on more tasks, more things to my plate to where then I'm like, holy guacamole, what am I doing? What do I, how, uh, how can I keep my head on straight? What do I do first? What do I do for, and I, I feel for the most part that I am very good at task management for myself. I have four different calendars. I have all of my note sections. I have my books for like my daily to-dos and my little check boxes to mark off things that I've done as I go. But there are times where I feel like I'm at a good point and then I start adding more things that I need to do. And then I'm like overwhelmed. And here I am again, even with as much detail and organization as I possibly can put into it with just an overabundance of, of things and tasks that I need to take care of. So I think with stress, time management is the best way to kind of reduce your stress, but also taking moments and time for yourself to separate yourself from your business. That can be extremely hard because even when there's a day especially when you live, and this is another thing with setting boundaries, right? Where Tom said setting boundaries can be tough when you live on site. I don't think kind of going off of that, it's not just for me for guests setting boundaries, mm -hmm. but also setting boundaries for yourself. Mm -hmm. Because there's times where I'm like, I want to just take a day off and I want to do nothing, and I want to lay in my bed or clean my house and just take a day off, but I feel guilty. I feel guilty for being at home and for being 50 feet away from the office and not being at the park. Yeah. So it's really hard for me to set those boundaries, and I almost essentially I add stress to myself because then I'm working every single day until we go on a vacation because I don't know how to separate those two without, I don't know how to separate not working without not being here at all. Yeah. And that can definitely, it, it'll take a toll on you yeah. if you don't. That's why yesterday Jonathan was like, come on. He was like, come with me. I just have a couple of errands to run. He's like, I just want you to get away because he's going down to Moab this weekend and I'm staying here. And then I, so I'm, then I'm working <laughs> for the next seven days. And then I've already worked 
for however many days other than having Saturday off when I was helping him at a swap meet and I still technically worked, but it was more fun. But otherwise, I'm literally, I don't know how to say no. And I think that that's so important to learn and set your boundaries so that you don't overwhelm yourself with stress because it's so easy to do. Mm -hmm. So easy to do. Yeah. Especially when you love something so much. It's so hard to separate yourself when you, and you don't even have to be a type A. Like I don't even feel like even if I'm here, if I'm in the office, like I'm still doing my own thing and I separate to where I let, you know, whoever else is in the office, whether it's you or Lily or Austin, do your job. Unless of course you have a question or you need help with something, I'm there. But even if I'm in the office, I'm in my own zone taking care of things that I need to take care of, but I feel I don't feel guilty being in there because I'm there. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course. It's hard to separate the two and it's hard to say no sometimes. And then we feel like we can keep taking tasks on and doing more and more. And we're taking away from our personal selves and our personal lives because it's, it's, you almost feel obligated to, to do it. Mm -hmm. And it's a fine line and it's kind of tricky. Oh Yeah. And it's making me stressful just thinking about it because I'm like, oh my gosh, when I get done with this, I have so much to do. Don't think about those. This is our space. I know. This is our special private space. This is our special time. It is. What were some other parts of her cons? Um, The stress, was that pretty much? It was pretty much that, working and dealing with challenges of owning a business. With the, and then that so goes with any business, it, too. It, I mean, whatever we, it kind of ties in with all the other things that we've talked about. Yeah, too. I think so. Yeah. It's a learning process. Oh, for sure. Especially if you build something from scratch. And again, this could be for any business, but particularly for RV parks and campgrounds, things change constantly every day. It's a constant whirlwind of new, new types of just amenities Uh that you can offer new types of guests um you know now today we've got so many more families that are traveling and these families are working remotely so they require wi-fi and they're expecting good wi-fi that they can work remotely off of so those expectations from your guests are are being risen so then therefore you need to raise you know yes raise it at your park as well so that away expectations are met on both sides but we have yeah. pretty bomb Wi-Fi. We do. That's we do. That's pretty good. It is really good. We've got so we actually inve- we invested a, a good amount of money in setting up our Wi-Fi infrastructure. We use a lot of ubiquity um, materials, APs, and things like that for our Wi-Fi network. But we had Chris Fellows, who is an awesome guy, and he has a an entire background in technology and working with the state of Michigan and the Air Force Ooh. when it comes to Wi-Fi systems and technology. So he's very strong at doing what he does and he set up our entire park and the infrastructure to where it is it's basically he he monitors it for us and it's just something that we don't have to worry about or stress about of course it's all fiber so Uh we do have with x mission um with the fiber or not not x mission um utopia utopia thank Uh you (laughs) so utopia is the provider with the fiber um but the fiber is definitely oh my gosh if you get the opportunity at your park to upgrade if you haven't already to fiber that will alleviate a lot of headaches when it comes to your wi-fi network for sure but yeah (sighs) imagine the kind of wi-fi chris needs 
<laughs> well, he's also a gamer and he can he builds these entire computer systems that are just like specific for gaming yeah. and he does a really great he job needs, on it. But yeah, he does. Do you he, think he does his own Wi-Fi? He probably has his own little portable Wi-Fi network on his <laughs> RV to maintain all the other networks that he's maintaining. What if, Could you imagine? He's like, I have created my own Wi-Fi. The fellow. Chris Fellow's Wi-Fi. Chris Wi-Fi. Fellow Wi-Fi. Not sponsored. No. We are not paying running. Patent pending. Oh gosh, Emily. Well, yeah, I think I feel I feel for you. I feel the stress is the stress is real. That's definitely it is something that I think we all deal with in our own way, whether it's your business or your personal life. Stress is so, it can be so just kind of draining and it's hard yeah. to, to, to stop it. But remember to take time for yourself and separate yourself from whatever it is that you're doing, whether it's personal or productive or your profession. You got three P's there. And the three P's. The three P's. Of what causes stress. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's life. Personal. Professional. Productive. Productive. Productivity. Product. <laughs> so best of luck with that, Emily. I hope you find something that works for you. It's and gorgeous. just remember that... Sometimes we, there are times where we cannot control the outcome. We can do the best that we can, but sometimes it's just out of your hands and you can only do what you can do. So that's right. That's right. All right. Well, I have AMP, (laughs) A-M-P, and AMP said, quote, after 20 years, and I assume this means after 20 years of being in the RV business, Their pro was return guests and building relationships with them. They become like family, and so do their camp hosts. I love our hosts, which I think we've definitely touched on this in the relationships and the opportunities of of creating those relationships with guests. And I think that's probably, I would say, probably one of the biggest pros for 95% of RV park operators and owners out there is those relationships and I don't think it's just the RV park operators and owners themselves too. I think it's the team too, because your team engages with these people and yes. creates these relationships that are just as important. And I think it is absolutely imperative that your team takes the time to have those same relationships that you do. But AMP's con was <gasps> dun, 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 people. people who <laughs> will not follow rules or direction and it gets harder and harder to be nice to these people. So let's talk about that. Can I can I tell you what I had to Please do. You? Okay. Oh, yes. So Krista and I were working one day and this guy comes in and on our if you come into the office there is you can you can kind of see it apparently he did. There's a sign that goes over the major policy, not the major, but the top pro- like priorities that mm-hmm. we have for, oh my gosh, for our policies. <laughs> and it's like, you know, 10 mile per hour speed limit, no dog pins at the site, no, um, what else are some? No wood burning fires. No wood burn- burning fires. No generators. No generators. And he walks in and he's like, all I see are a bunch of no, 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 no's. And Chris, I don't remember exactly what you said, but you said something like along the lines of, you know, something positive. And that next day, I remember text, I sent you a voice message and I was like, I had an epiphany. 
the next time someone comes in and says, all I see are a bunch of no's, we can be like, you know what I see? I also do see no's, but you know what I see? I see no RVs burning down. I see no children being run over because you're going the speed limit. I see our grass being well-maintained because we're not allowing people to put things upon it that will ruin it. Like, just switching it up on them. And I think here's a here's an add to that. Yes. It's not just switching it up onto them with, an, with more no's, but switching it up to them with more yeses. Yes. Say, well, you may not be able to let your dog run around off-leash, but you may let them run around off-leash in our off-leash park. Yes. Otherwise, we don't want them to get ran over if they are on a leash. Yes. And that way, you know, if a stray dog comes in... Since we do have leash laws in our county, we do have to follow those. Guess what the dog park is? A oh, giant dog park. park. <laughs> <laughs> That's in its own hmm. space. <laughs> Who would have thought? It's an enclosure. Oh, and instead of like a fi- five, <laughs> what is it? Like a, not even five feet. They're usually like three feet by like it's, two feet. Oh my gosh. I've been where a- the dog can stand. Oh, I've been to ones where there was one in Arizona we went to. It was literally like a strip of a dog park Mm -hmm. that was probably two feet wide and maybe 10 feet long. But on the left side of the dog park was a wall that went down to a road. So you can, Oh geez. It was the the, the dog. It was like the wall to where the dog park was, was maybe a foot off the ground. So dog could easily like jump up there and then be down in the road. Oh, lovely. And uh, I think definitely if you have an opportunity to expand your off leash park at, at at your park, absolutely take advantage of that because guests appreciate that. And uh, it's still, you know, poor amp. I feel for you. I think we all feel for you. I (laughs) think there is probably more parks that resonate with this than there are not because it is tiresome. I don't want to be the bad guy. Mm -mm. I don't want to say, no, you can't have a generator. However, our sites are full hookups. What are the, what's the reason that you need a generator? Uh Of course, if there's an emergency and we all, you know, the entire world shuts down and there's no power, of course, yes. Yes. You may use your generator in a case of emergency, But our sites are full hookup with both 30 and 50 amp and all of the connections that you could possibly need. There's no need for a generator. You're not boondocking. You are in an RV park where you do have neighbors and other people to be considerate of. Which I don't, we, uh, gosh, I don't think I've ever had a single issue with generators whatsoever. I think the biggest, our biggest problem of people and guests not following rules or directions is the speed limit limit. and leashes. And we require, it doesn't matter whether you have a dog, a cat, chickens, a pig, a llama, a pony, if your animal is outside of the RV or are off leash park, for their safety and for other people's safety, we require that they are on a physical leash with a human at the other end at all times. Why and wouldn't he, you? Well, <laughs> well, what kills me is when we do go boondocking, there, I keep Leia on a lead at all times, no matter where I am. Of course, there's always accidents where she may run out of the house faster than I can get her on the leash. But otherwise, I leash her inside. Mm-hmm. I open the door. I tell her, okay, good girl, you can go outside. Like There is something called training yes. where you can your, your dog can listen to you and you can be the controlled owner. However, 
I don't want to be the bad guy and have to be the one to come up and ask you 15 times, hey, can you please put your dog on a leash? It is one. Of, it is our biggest policy. Yes. Because not only are you being considerate for your dog and the safety of your dog because someone may be speeding through the park and if your dog happens to take off or runs into the road and they get ran over, it's not going to be the driver's fault. It's no. going to be your fault. Yes. But there are also people who have genuine genuine fears of animals Mm -hmm. of animals of all types and it's just being considerate that other people may not want your dog to run up to them to introduce themselves no matter how friendly your dog may be or go doo-doo in their sight and and you don't see it because you're not you're not supervising your animal so they go around they poop in the park or they poop in someone else's sight guess who has to clean it up then Our team has to clean it up. Our team has to be responsible for your animal and clean up after them. Or this other guest does because maybe they think it's their dog and they're responsible. So therefore they clean it up. Or maybe they don't have animals at all and they have children and their babies crawling around in the grass enjoying the sunshine and it crawls into your dog's poo. Or eats it. Ugh. Babies put lots of things in their mouths. Yes, they do. (laughs) That is a horrible image. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I'm not a fan of that. Sorry. No, but nobody, I can guarantee you, if you are an RVer, not a single RV park owner or operator wants to be the bad guy and ruin your trip or ruin your stay by having to ask you over and over again or make you upset by you not keeping your dog on a leash or any animal on a leash. It's so simple. And it literally gives me a headache to have to ask someone. We've wrangled dogs before. So many times. So many times. No, it's not. We have to chase them down. And again, I understand, you know, situations arise where things, accidents happen. Or maybe you're going to, you take the lead off and you're going to put your dog back inside and it breaks, whatever. There's totally circumstances where we can absolutely be understanding. We are human beings. We understand. We get it. But it's not that hard. Why wouldn't you want your baby to be safe? I just, I don't understand the argumentative defense the people that people automatically take yes. when we're, when we come, because I even, I go up and I try and I try with the friendliest yeah. approach, even though they are in the wrong. Yes. Hey, how's it going? Your puppy dog's so cute. Yes. Can I pet your puppy dog? We do have petting taxes here at Aspen yes. Grove RV Park where we require, we give them love so that you may stay here. <laughs> and you know, I'm, I'm, can, can, can I pet your dog? What's your puppy dog's name? Oh, hey, just as a friendly reminder, please make sure your animal is on a leash at all times, just for the safety for them and for others around you. Take it into consideration. Or it kills me when people go to one of the other sites and they're throwing a ball yes, like and they're across. across from the dog park. <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, intentionally letting their dog go to other sites too. Yeah. It's just... It's so inconsiderate and it, another, it's something else that's rude. Yes. Just like not having boundaries and bothering people. It's uh, team members when they're home and off yes. the clock. Don't be rude to the team that has simple policies set in place. Yes. And just do what, if you, if you don't want to keep your dog on a leash, keep them at home or go boondock and be in the middle of nowhere to yeah. where I, there, I don't think, and I have, Jonathan and I have traveled over the last decade to parks all over this country and there has never been a single 
park that we have stayed at that we were allowed to just willy-nilly let Leia run around without a leash or any attendance. I love it when people try and tell you that they have. I would like to know where, please. Where? And I want to know this park's insurance policy. (laughs) (laughs) Ain't no way an insurance policy is going to be okay with dogs running around off leash without any kind of anything. Exactly. Give me a break. Or have breed restrictions. (laughs) Right. We don't have breed restrictions. We do not. Nope. I refuse. I don't believe in bad dogs. I believe in bad owners. And that also includes the ones that don't keep their dogs on a leash. Amen. Next question. Mike Trump. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was Amp. What's yours? Mine is from Michelle. Michelle. I, I'm a little confused with her pro. Mm-hmm. It says event planning is my jam. So she must, she must love. So that's the, the pro is doing the event planning. I was, I love coming up with a theme and events and activities for a weekend that I know our guests will love. Nothing makes me happier than looking around and seeing all their smiles and fun happening around me. Like how cool is it that I get to help make memories? So I get, I like that, mm-hmm. that part better mm-hmm. is being able to have a place that can create memories for people. So it sounds like Michelle really enjoys creating these events and then seeing the fruition of these events that she puts together and seeing the outcome of the guests enjoying the events that she puts together so well. And then um, her con is it's so much work. I love when I meet people who are like, I want to own a campground when I'm retired. (laughs) It's a must understood profession for sure. Oh, I absolutely Absolutely. Have you had someone ask, say, when I retire? I have. I have. Why would you retire and then create a whole new You are not retiring. (laughs) No. You you will work four times as hard. Yeah. Having a park and thinking that is a misconception. Absolutely. If you think that you're going to retire and that you can open a park and be retired because that is not the case whatsoever. Unless you are a very, unless you are strictly an investor and you have nothing to do with the operations of the park whatsoever and you you are totally hands off. Well, I mean, if you, even if you're the investor, you still need to know how your investment's doing. No. (laughs) Seems logical. I mean, that's how we work with, with our partners. You know, we have our conference calls and we discuss where we're at, what we can do, what, what ideas that we have that would better the business, Exactly. you know, but even then, I mean, usually typically we have those about once a month. Um, and there's times where they may come out and visit and just see things in person, which we do. I actually, I like it more when they do come out and visit versus just doing a zoom call. It's just more personal and you can actually show them things hands on, but show them instead of having like the imagination. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so being uh, being an investor, your your responsibilities are absolutely a lot less. But the stress of what your investment is returning to you would still be there. Yeah, I don't think I I could be hands off. I could not. (laughs) I could not do that. I would be like, I what you doing? Yeah, I. you doing tomorrow (laughs) well see and I think that's one of the absolute benefits of the family that we work with with Carl and Mark and Eric is they are very Mm hands-off in that aspect of they trust John and my own husband's (laughs) name (laughs) my they trust me and Jonathan to run the business as if it were our business 
And I think that we prove that to them as well with yes. the things that we have accomplished and building the business for them from the from the ground up. Yes. So I think that's also the relationship that you have. I mean, interestingly enough, the Carl and his Carl found us off of work campers. Yes. And with utilizing the work camper website, you can a lot of times, yes, you can find lasting work campers and camp hosts off this website, yes. which is workcampers.com. So basically our, an RV park can post a job listing and then employees or work campers can post their resume. So you can either reach out to a park as an RVer to get a job or a park can reach out to you to fulfill a job. And the whole premise though is work camper. Yes. 90% of the time you are not going to go on to workcampers.com and find someone that is going to operate your business and care for it the way that you do. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, their whole purpose is to live life freely. Their home is on wheels. And that is the benefit of living in home on wheels is mm -hmm. you can pack up and leave at any point you in time you want to. And the responsibility of operating a park is much more than supervising management, so on and so forth. You're doing all these daily dues. And some people can't handle that and they don't want to handle it. No. And a lot of times managers, if you look at someone just as managers, typically work camping managers last one or two seasons and True. then they find something else and they find somewhere else to go. Speaking of which, I'm just kidding. Where are you going? Nowhere. Oh, <laughs> are you moving? I was like, it's too, it's six been feet too back. Yes. I moved six feet back. Everyone was so mad at me because <laughs> they were like, where are you going? Six, six feet, feet back. No, I was just saying, At least it wasn't two six years. feet under. Oh, that's what would have happened if I was actually trying to move. Mm -hmm. I would have killed you. I killed me. <coughs> are you dying right now? Are my words killing you? No, I just have a tickle in my throat and it won't stop. I'm sorry. Uh, you can't leave. Oh. Sorry. Your resignation has been revoked. <laughs> How do people deal with that? <laughs> Always wanted to know. Be like, here's my letter of recognition. Recognition. <laughs> here's my letter of resignation. I don't no. accept it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's my letter. I don't care. No. I'm going to burn your letter. I'm burning I won't even read well, it. Well, I have a copy. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> you got to make a bunch of copies because I'm going to just keep I'm throwing just them out. <laughs> Sorry. What was that? Thanks. Good call. Good like, talk. No, thank you. See you later. Thanks for trying. <laughs> nice try. Nice but try. But no. Didn't work. Um, yeah. So I really, I just, I don't even remember who we were talking about. <laughs> what was his name? Oh, um, did I even say their name? I don't know. I don't think Michelle. I Michelle. It was Michelle. It was yes. Michelle. 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 At least it's not Melanie. <laughs> That negative Nancy. Yeah. So. All right. So I have Mari. And Mari said, also said after 50 years. So she or they have another 30 years on top of AMP. And Mari's pro is creating a place to make memories for nice people. So I think, I think that's pretty much the common denominator. The good people. The good people. Yeah. And creating those memories and those relationships. So I think that's a pretty fair yeah. across the board pro. I agree. 
Ding ding ding. Creating people. memories and happy people. Happy people. <laughs> and his, let's see, Mari's con was being disrespected by people who think they are entitled and ruin other families' enjoyment. And I think that kind of goes hand in hand with what we were talking about with AMP about following yes. policies mm-hmm. and keeping it. You're not the only person in an RV park. Yes. There are other people around you mm-hmm. who are also trying to enjoy their time. Yes. <laughs> be a in- nice innocently. person. Yes. Don't be a turd. No. Don't think that you're the only person that's trying to enjoy their time. The world does not revolve around you. No, it revolves around the sun. That's right. Some scientists figured that out. The, who would have thought? Don't know his name. Reality check. Ding. Yeah. So I don't know. I just, I think that there's, I think a lot of these pros and cons were running pretty. They're all pretty similar. They're all very similar. Yeah, they all come down to. It was interesting People. to me that RV Living had such a dynamic of pros and cons with different answers and ideas, and RV Park Operations was very much kind of centered on the yes. same pros and the same cons. Like, you could branch off of it, but it all comes down to the one factor. Mm-hmm. Yes. People. People. So, be a nice person. Be nice. Be considerate of, of other people around you. Be considerate of the yes. days that people are having. Not just yourself, but the energy that you bring is the energy that you receive. Yes. And I think that goes hand in hand, hand in hand with either being working at a park or being the guest at the park. Yeah. If you want something, be kind to people. I don't, I'm, I'm not going to bend over backwards for someone that's going to treat my teenagers like absolute poo yeah. and talk to them like they mean nothing. Exactly. It's unfair and... Why can't we strive to make someone's day instead of ruin it? Yeah. And that goes for anybody. Yeah. Just, you know, I don't know. Did you have anything else? You said you had questions. Oh, I did have questions for you. <gasps> I <forgot. laughs> What kind of questions? I have questions. <clears throat> Let's see if I have answers. So you don't have to do three because I wrote down top three, but we've okay. talked a lot about that. Okay. Um, I guess... What could you think is your, what are your top three pros? Or if you don't have three. My top three pros. So I would have to agree with probably everyone that mentioned the creating the relationships with other guests Mm -hmm. and, and creating these lasting memories with people and children and families and the dogs and everything in the aspect of building a relationship and a rapport with your guests. So that way they want to come back and they don't want to just come back to your park, but they want to come back because they have that relationship with you specifically. Absolutely. My second pro I would have to say is my team is working with amazing people and having other people that have your back and that you have their back and watching the kids grow. Yes. I think especially some of the kids that we brought on at 15 years old that w- spent their time through high school with us and then we saw them graduate and then they moved on to bigger things and different portions of their life. It's really rewarding to be able to train someone and kind of coach them and 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 gr- and groom them into the adult that they become yeah. in a professional manner mm-hmm. and in your work life manner. My third pro, I would have to say, is just the overall feeling of gratitude 
and humbleness when it comes to being in the RV park industry. The amount of times that we have been recognized for what we do and what we bring to this industry, thats it's very empowering and it feels awesome. But at the same time, ladder to that is I cannot do the extra things that I do without Jonathan, without you, without Lily, Jim, Nate, everybody that we have on the team. I could not branch out and take on more projects without the team that we have and without Mm -hmm. having my husband as my support because he does and he helps me and he pushes me even when I take on too much and don't know how to say no. Yeah. So I would have to say that those three things are my pros about operating a park. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> well, is that off of Austin Powers? Oh, does he do it this way? I don't know. Does he go, Excellent. Um, or am I just making that <laughs> up? Yeah, I, I make up a lot of things. Um, I do too. It's okay. Then going back, what are your top three cons? Top three cons. Honestly, I would, I, I can only really at the top of my head think of one con. That's fine. And I would say people making me the bad guy. I don't want to be the bad guy. Exactly. Whether it's guests or team members or anything in between, I want to enjoy my day. I want to start my day off on a positive foot and I want to end my day on a positive foot. And I want Mm -hmm. positivity throughout that day as well. I don't like being the bad guy because someone else was in the wrong and I have to be the one to take care of yes. it it's not fair why do people feel like they need to when they're in the wrong that they make someone else the bad guy like why it like, must why be can't some kind you, of psychological thing like why can't you just take responsibility uh, yes there's this thing called saying sorry yeah and, <laughs> not back talking and coming up with yeah. a defensive attitude and argument <laughs> like yes. I, I don't want to hear it I just please let me go back on my day with the mm. overfilling plate that I already have and do all of the other things that I need to do other than sitting here tr- having to basically p- parent a grown yes. adult yes I don't blame you <laughs> okay so I'll make this kind of like a multi-part question okay um I wanted to see what your advice would be for anyone who is wanting to start an RV park as like for example what to say to naysayers um when you times get tough like during COVID you guys had the grand opening during that time you stayed positive so what advice would you give to those people who are thinking about starting an RV park I think that's a great question. And we did we did have our grand opening in 2019. Mm-hmm. So we did have a few months prior to COVID of being fully open in operations and operational before COVID hit. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing with starting an RV park is A, you have to get your ducks in a row when it comes to financing. And I think that can be the hardest part is trying to evaluate a a business that is not existing yet based off of other businesses in the area because you can use other RV parks and and what they have in order to create um, something to take to your bank for the financing aspect. Having that is the most important part of it. Having your finances in row and in row and your ducks in order, or I guess having your finances in order and your ducks in a row is probably the most first important. Who puts their ducks in a row? I don't know. My ducks are everywhere. My ducks are running around with, with their heads on. So 
Uh, at least they have their heads. They have, I was going to say otherwise, but. <laughs> I think, I think with any business, you will always have, you'll always have someone that doubts you. Always. And the only person that matters at the end of the day is you and you believing in yourself. And yes. if you know, like I have a great idea and this is what I want to do, then go for it. Yeah. Having everything in order, being wise being prepared and well-organized, having a plan of action, creating a game plan from the get-go, and then you can always change that as you go, but trying to organize and build something as you go, instead of having a plan of action, you'll get lost, you'll be, in, you'll, you'll lose your head, you'll be stressed out, it's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. It can take, it could take years to plan a park, depending on how, you know, advanced you want this park to be and whether you know you want it to be a resort where it's a destination resort and you have all these amenities of course there's so many different factors of course but I think the biggest thing especially when it comes to naysayers is to believe in yourself and to believe that what it is that you what you're wanting to put together is positive and it's the best thing for you because it is what you want to do yeah that's great advice (laughs) Thanks. You're so knowledgeable. Uh, it just—I don't—I wouldn't say that. I don't know. <laughs> Your knowledge astounds me. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I kind of combined all my questions into that. Oh, was there any other points of that question that I missed? Then um, I'm just talking, talk, talked about naysayers. No, you talked about um, good advice as well. Um, Oh, I think that's pretty much it. Because we we did also answer some of my questions within. Did we? Oh, with people, yeah, like your opinions on certain things. I did kind of go off on some tangents. No, it's okay (laughs) because we're passionate. (laughs) We are passionate. We have the passion, not the passion fruit, but the passion. (laughs) I like passion fruit. I've never tried. You haven't? Oh my gosh! In Costa Rica, Costa Rica is a big. Oh, oh, I bet. I don't want to try a Utah passion fruit. I want to try a Costa Rican passion. An actual like tropical place where passion fruit is supposed to be. That's like the avocados. Ugh. You want a Utah avocado or a or an avocado California. avocado the size of your head? Yeah, I, I want, want one of those. I want a big old baby avocado. Yeah, that I can just towed around and as I'm yeah, throughout just, the day, just, just eating just... it like ice cream. <laughs> well, I think we had a re- a lot of great feedback from yes. park operators and owners today about the pros and cons of operating RV parks, campgrounds, and resorts. Yes. Um, I think that. We've got a lot of great information as well just to provide. And I think this is fun to kind of yeah. do. I know I was a little controversial and in a different perspective, not just from the the RV life, yes. but from people that actually yeah. operate these parks that the guests are staying at. So guests can kind of get our point of view of what it's like for us and right. what we see. Because exactly. we see a different point of view than they do. Exactly. And everybody, yeah. like we've said already, we're all absolutely completely different organisms we are all our own people Mm -hmm. and we all see things and we perceive things in different ways so we're just hoping that maybe with camper chicks that we provide different ways to just kind of look outside of the box and think and think about it not just from your own perspective and as if the world revolves around yourself whether you're an RVer or an RV park operator Mm -hmm. you look at it from everywhere every point of view every point of view yes Yes. but there is one thing that is always constant and what is that being a good person that's right be a good person 
Thanks for staying tuned with us today on Camper Chicks Podcast. Don't forget that you can shoot us emails at camperchickspodcast at gmail.com. We very much appreciate the support of you taking the time to listen or watch yes. whatever podcast uh, platform that you may be listening to or watching us on. Again, we highly recommend that you do watch our YouTube podcast. Our interactions <laughs> with each other definitely make the podcast other than just hearing us, but whatever floats your boat, we totally support you. And don't forget to subscribe to Camper Chicks on whatever platform it is that you're watching or listening to us on. And yeah, we've got a lot of great information still to push out. We've got lists and lists of ideas for topics for RV living and RV park operations. So we plan to kind of rotate those out in between podcasts. And you don't want to miss what state we color next. So don't forget, shoot us an email or comment below. Let us know what state you'd like to uh, like to see us color in next. See if we both traveled to. Yeah. And tell us like the campgrounds you've been to. Yeah. Too. Yes. And don't forget about our, our pet of the week. So this <gasps> yes. week was Toby. We did our memorial Toby. for Toby. Rest in peace, sweet little Sir Toby. We will miss you here at Aspen Grove RV Park and your sweet little cuddles and snuggles. So on that yes. note, we will catch you on the next episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.